You're listening to the weekly podcast of Citizens Church with Pastor Chris Norman. For more information on the work that God is doing through Citizens Church, please visit us online at citizenschurch.org. Although you may feel like you don't matter to anybody, maybe you look at, at where you find yourself and it's hard to imagine a brighter future. It's hard to imagine that you actually matter. I want you to understand that no matter what it is you think you don't have, you will always have a God in heaven who sees you, who knows you, who loves you, a God in heaven, listen, who chooses you. He chooses you. Listen to me. So who's Christmas for? Anyone who's ever thought, you know what? I don't know that I could ever really matter. Well, everybody, it's so good to be with you. Listen, I don't have a, I don't have a, 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 a long message and a long time I'm going to spend up here with you, but I believe it's very powerful. Um, you know, as a, as a church, we've been working through this concept, this idea, this question that we've been asking ourselves over the last several weeks. And the question is this, it's, it's like, what, who's Christmas for? And, and what in the world is this all about, right? So who's it for and what is it all about? You know, I think a lot of us, we, we think, you know, you know Christmas, it's, it's for the kids, right? Christmas is for the kids. Where are my kids at? Are there any kids in this house? Uh, oh, hi, hi, hi. So someone's thinking, I, I, remember, I remember as a kid not being able, not being able to sleep uh, the night before Christmas. Anyone remember that? Yeah, like you couldn't wait to get up. And then your parents, it was so frustrating because your parents would set a rule on as of what time you're allowed to wake them up. Anyone, right? And you used to get so frustrated as a kid. Like, I, I, you know, I, I don't understand it. But now, how, how many of you today, you're doing the very same thing? Like you got a rule, like you are not allowed to wake me up until what time? Tell me what time that is. Six? Some of you are overachievers. Like, I'm like, don't wake me up until about 9.30, okay? No, uh, 6 a.m., that's, that's impressive. That's very, very impressive. Um, I remember one, one year, my little sister, Alicia, um, she could not sleep the night before Christmas. And, and so right around about, gosh, like 2 a.m., 2, 3 in the morning, uh, she went out, because uh, my parents said you can't wake us up, so she went out under the Christmas tree, and, and the, the presents would always be, you know, like Elias, or, uh, Matt's were over here, and then hers, and then mine, but she didn't know any better because she's so young, and so she went right to my, my, my gifts, and she started opening up my gifts, my presents, and she, she went through about three or four of them and realized, like, they were all, like, she had, like, matchbox cars, you know, like little, like, little Nerf guns and everything, and she was so upset that she ran into my mom and dad's room and said, Mom and Dad, Santa got me all the wrong things. Just so upset. And so when we actually started opening Christmas presents, my mom had me open some of her Christmas presents, which was weird. It was just weird. Can we just talk about this? It was so weird. So maybe for some of you, you think, you know, Christmas is just for the kids. It's just something that we do for the kids. Others of you, Christmas for you is all about the decor. Come on, some of your houses, it's like Hallmark Christmas. Like you go all out. Some of you live like I live on one of them streets. Come on, you know what I'm talking about? Those streets, it's like, it like started out all calm, like the neighbor across the street decorated it. You say you did something, and then they updid you, and now you got to updo them. Pretty soon everybody's in on it. Pretty soon everyone's got lights that are going to music and everything. That's what's happening in my neighborhood right now, and I can't even keep up. Like, I can't even keep up. I, I, for, for us as a family, every year, the kids are little. We'd always get them, we'd always get them all bundled up, and we'd go, out looking at, we'd go out looking at Christmas lights. And we do it every single year. 
And I remember one year in particular, uh, we were driving to my sister's house, looking at Christmas lights. Tatum, remember this? We're driving to my sister's house, and we're looking at all the Christmas lights, and there was a nativity scene in front of a home. And I know you've seen nativity scenes before, like everyone puts nativity scenes, and lots of people do. But there's something very interesting about this nativity scene. It was in a chicken coop. So listen, nativity scene in a chicken coop, in the front, and I was dying. I'm like, that is funny. Like, I don't, so I got out of my car. I go to take photos, and the lady jumps out. She goes, can I help you? And of course she is. I'm standing on her lawn taking photos of Jesus in a chicken coop, and I thought, this is great, and I said, oh, we just thought, you know, it's just taking pictures. I didn't want to make her feel awkward for putting Jesus in a chicken coop and, and all this, and so I'm taking photos. I said, I just thought it was, you know, it's interesting, and she goes, oh, yeah, I had to put Jesus in a chicken coop because last year somebody stole baby Jesus is what she said. I know you're thinking, what kind of neighborhood does my sister live in, right? It's the same neighborhood we all live in. That's a whole different message. Somebody's still in baby Jesus, right? Um, so some of us think it's for the kids. Some of us think it's all about the decor. Maybe others of you, you know, like you think, you're thinking, you know, Christmas is more of a religious thing for religious people. You know, it's a churchy thing for churches, for churchy people. But I want you to understand today forever more who Christmas is for and what it's all about. And to understand that you got to go back to the original Christmas, like the OG original Christmas story, and look at who was Christmas announced to. Like, who did the first Christmas invitations go out to? And what I want you to understand, first of all, is that when you look at who Christmas originally was announced to, you understand that Christmas is actually meant for those who need hope today. Because you see, when you think of the first Christmas story, you think typically, oh, it was to Mary that the first announcement was made about Christmas. But that's not actually true. The first announcement about Christmas was actually to a couple by the name of Zachariah and Elizabeth. Now, Zachariah and Elizabeth were older. They had been wanting to have a child their whole life. And year after year after year went by, and still they were barren. She was unable to have a child. First, they held out hope, but eventually, it just seemed like it was going to be impossible. Elizabeth is now about 60, 70 years old. She's grown old. They, the, the, the possibility of having a child now seems absolutely hopeless. They're carrying the grief, listen, of, of not being able to have a child. And along with that, the carrying the shame of what happens in a community when you're childless in that day, it was seen as God removing his blessing from your life. So they thought that there was some kind of curse involved there. And so they're carrying shame and they're carrying pain in their life. I mean, it was so outside the realm of thinking that they could ever possibly have a child. Matter of fact, that when the angel appeared to, to Zachariah to tell him he's going to have a child, you, you know what he said? Here's, here's what he said. Uh, he said, Zechariah said to the angel, how shall I know this? Like, how's this going to happen? For I'm an old man. He just said, I'm an old, I'm an old guy. And I love how nice he was to his wife. And my wife, she's advanced in years. That, that was nice. He didn't say, you know, she's getting really old too. No, she's, she's just a little more advanced is all. And you see, guys, understand this. They had lost hope and they'd given up hope. And I bring that up because I think there's a lot of people today, right now in this room, listening online, you come into this Christmas and, and you identify a little bit with Zachariah and Elizabeth. You're here today and the reality is, is that maybe you've lost hope. You've given up hope. Or maybe seeing a situation turn around in your life, a relationship restore. Maybe there's a dream that God wants put in your heart and now you feel like it's, it's never going to happen. Maybe you've given up 
hope that you're ever actually gonna make it. Some of you have given up hope that you're ever actually gonna be able to change. I mean, you tell yourself year after year, this year is gonna be different. And yet here you are today in that same spot that you told yourself you would never find yourself and you've given up hope. You're going into the new years and you're like, you know, my, my new year's resolution is to quit. I'm just gonna quit trying. I'm gonna, I'm gonna quit pressing on. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna quit trying to quit because I just have come to the spot where I've given up hope. I want you to listen to me, friend. Christmas says that there's a hope for you. The very first announcement to, of Christmas was to a couple that had given up hope and said, hey, I know you've given up hope, but, but think again. And what Christmas does to all of us who've given up hope, it shows up and says, hey, think again. I know you might feel like there's no hope. I, I, I know you might feel like there's no way. But in this gift of Jesus, there is always a way. For in him, nothing is impossible. And by him, all things are possible. This gift that comes to you on Christmas. Anyone grateful for Jesus today who makes all things possible? You know... Christmas promises you that your tomorrow can look different. But, you know, I think the big problem a lot of times is that when it comes to Jesus and it comes to this gift that God sent us of his presence with us, God with us, Emmanuel, I think a lot of us, we, I don't really feel like we lean into that gift that God has given us. Here's what ends up happening is that we just kind of check in on Jesus every now and then. You know what I mean? Like, like we're going to check in on, on, on God every now and then. We're going we're gonna to touch base every now and then. But, but friends, I need you to understand something. For those of you who need hope, who've given up hope, Jesus is inviting you at Christmas to not just check in or touch base. He's calling you to walk with him. He's calling you to lean in. He's, he's calling you to start taking steps with him. He, he's calling you, God, God, God's gonna, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't come to earth to check in with you. I came to earth to walk with you. I want a relationship with you. I, I, I want to do life with you. I, I want to be there for you. I, I, want you. I want to be the one that you cry out to when you're, when you're hurting, when, you, when, you, when you're in need, when you need direction. I, I, I want to be that for you. That's why I came, Jesus would say, not to check in with you, to, to walk with you. Zechariah and Elizabeth would go on to have a child by the name of John. John would prepare the way for Jesus. And Jesus would go in his ministry to people who had lost hope to give them hope once again. People like the, like this, like the woman at the well. Some of you know the story of the woman at the well. She's, she's, she's gone from one man to another man. I'm telling you, if you're putting your hope in a man, good luck with that, right? And she's going from one guy to another guy, hoping that someday she would find some stability and find some strength, and she never could. And it says that she's at this well alone and Jesus comes to her. She's there at noon because she's been out, ostracized from the community. And Jesus shows up and you know what Jesus said to this woman at that well? He said, if you only knew, if you only knew the gift that God has for you and who it is that's speaking to you, you would ask and I would tell you and he would, he would give you living water. Here's what Jesus says. Listen to me, everybody. Please, please, please listen. If you're in this moment right now and you feel like you've lost hope, you feel like you could connect with Zachariah and Elizabeth. You feel like maybe you could connect with this woman at the well who, who's gone from one thing to the next thing, trying to, find, trying to find hope, trying to find life. Jesus is in our midst right now. And what he says to you is, if you only knew, if you only knew who it was that is here with you right now, 
If you only knew the gift of Christmas and what it is that God intends to do, Christmas is for anyone who's ever lost hope. You know, Christmas is also for anyone who's ever felt insignificant. Anyone who's ever felt insignificant. After Zechariah and Elizabeth, the angel appears to, you know this one, a woman by the name of Mary. And here's what the angel says to Mary. The angel shows up to Mary as the sixth month of Zachariah, of Elizabeth's pregnancy. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent that same angel, Gabriel, to the town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, who was in the house of David. It goes on to say that and the, that virgin's name was Mary. And the angel appeared to her and said, Greetings, you are highly favored. Listen to that. You are highly favored. The Lord is with you. And Mary was greatly troubled at his words, like, like wondering what kind, of a, what kind of a greeting is this? And it goes on to say that the angel told her, Don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Behold, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you, and you will give him the name Jesus. Gabriel shows up not to just Zechariah and Elizabeth. Gabriel, the angel, shows up to this woman by the name of Mary. With, and it says that Mary is highly favored, that Mary has this grace on her life, that Mary is going to bring the Savior of the world into the world. It's a big deal. But do you understand who Mary is? Mary at this point, well, Mary's just a child. We, we believe Mary was somewhere between the age of 14 and 16 years old, everybody. I mean, she's in that awkward, let's be honest. It's just an awkward stage between childhood and becoming an adult. She's trying to get everything figured out. She's trying to get her own life figured out. And so many people at that time would just overlook Mary. Wouldn't trust Mary, a teenager. Wouldn't trust a teen. Do you trust your teens? Right? And everybody's just kind of like, I don't know that I can trust Mary. And everyone had kind of overlooked Mary. Like, she's too young to be a part of anything significant. She's too little to be trusted. She's too little to play a major role in a major world-altering endeavor because she's just a teen. We're told that she grew up in the city of Nazareth. Nazareth, it's a no-name city. It's a fly-by city. It's a drive-by city. It's a don't-move-to-move-from city. I said, it, I, said, I said last week, it's like Fresno, right? Like, it's like the armpit of Cal I have a friend in Fresno. I pick on him all the time. But it's just one of those, like, matter of fact, back in that day, they had a saying, and the saying was this, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Like, like can, it, can it ever happen? Can anything good? And yet, although people would trash talk this city, and it kind of had a low re reputation, these were the streets she grew up on. These were the streets she knew, that she played on. These, she knew them like the back of her hand. It was her hometown. So Mary's just a child. She grew up in, in Nazareth. And, and you know that Mary was actually from a poor family. We know that because when Mary and Joseph went to bring a sacrifice to the temple, they didn't bring the customary lamb that you would bring. They brought turtle doves. And the reason they did that is because they were poor. There was actually an, an allowment to those who were poor to not have to purchase a lamb. Lambs weren't very much. But if you couldn't purchase a lamb, you could then bring a pigeon or a turtle dove. And so you guys, I want you to understand that. Listen to me. When you would look at Mary, you would go, there's just nothing very significant about her. There's nothing from the natural that would, would stand out. That you, you, you would think that she's, a, she's a, a nobody from a no-name town. And yet, please listen to me. 
And yet, when it seemed like nothing was going for her, when it seemed like there was just no momentum in her life, like no one would choose her, God chose her. God favored her. God had a plan for her. And I need you to understand this today. Because maybe you're in here and you feel like you don't have a whole lot to offer. Maybe you feel like there's just not a lot of momentum in your life. Maybe you look at your upbringing. Come on, some of you look at your upbringing and you think to yourself there's not a lot to talk about. Matter of fact, my upbringing didn't give me momentum. My, my upbringing robbed me of momentum. I come from a Maybe some of you, you come from a broken home. Maybe you've been abandoned by a mother or father. Maybe there were words said to you that have forever just continued to echo in the chambers of your heart and mind that have just kind of walked with you. And so you look at your upbringing, there's just not a lot to talk about there. You were not given really any momentum. Maybe some of you, you find yourself in this place where you, you, you look at just where your life is today. You're not where you thought she would be. You're not where you wanted to be. And yet, here's where you find yourself. And it's hard for you to imagine that you actually matter to anybody because you tell yourself, you know what, I'm just too awkward. I'm not, I'm not good looking enough. I don't have the charm enough. I don't have that thing that other people seem to have, you know, where they can make friends and, and they could... They can handle themselves in a room well. I, I, I don't have that. And some of you, you know, you're like, I just don't have that charm. I, I don't have the talent enough. I don't have the looks enough. I, like, I just don't know that I have what it takes. And there's some of you in here today, and you feel like that. You feel maybe like Mary would have felt just kind of insignificant. I love the fact that Christmas comes to a girl who had every reason to feel insignificant, to a girl who had been overlooked by everybody, listen to me, yet handpicked by God. Handpicked by God. And I want you to understand this. Listen to me, friend. Please listen. That although you may feel like you are overlooked by everybody, although you may feel like you don't matter to every, anybody. Maybe you look at, at where you find yourself and it's hard to imagine a brighter future. It's hard to imagine that you actually matter. I want you to understand that no matter what it is you think you don't have, you will always have a God in heaven who sees you, who knows you, who loves you, a God in heaven, listen, who chooses you. He chooses you. Listen to me. So who's Christmas for? Anyone who's ever thought, you know what? I don't know that I could ever really matter. God says, you matter, and you matter so much to me. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have to you, toward you. Please let this sink in. They are plans for good and not disaster to give you a future and a hope. You see, God did not just have favor on Mary. God, through Mary, was coming after you and you and you and you because he loves you and he chose you and he just wants to bring you in. He wants you to know that you matter. You know, this was a foreshadowing of the ministry of Jesus, right? Who did Jesus go to? Think about it. Jesus went to everybody who had ever felt insignificant. Everybody who's ever overlooked. Uh, we tell the story of, of Zacchaeus. Come on. Zacchaeus was a wee little man. There's all the people who grew up in church right there. There they are. Like kidney, like it's like, I may never march in. Anyways. Zacchaeus, think about it. Look at the life of Jesus. Who did he go to? 
Zacchaeus, he's an outcast. No one talks to him. He's a tax collector. He wants your money. And he doubles it for himself. And just, no one likes him at all. And there's a crowd coming by. Jesus is in the middle of the crowd. And Zacchaeus is trying to see Jesus. And he can't see Jesus because of the crowd. And, and, and it actually, never actually says he was a wee little man. We, we put that in there because we like Maybe he couldn't see over the crowd. I don't know what it was. But Zacchaeus climbed up in the tree. And I love this about Jesus. Because Zacchaeus is telling himself like a lot of you are telling yourself, God don't care about me. He don't even see me in a crowd of people like this. I, I can't possibly matter to God. And he's up there thinking, just trying to get a glimpse, just showing up to Christmas Eve service, just kind of wondering. And Jesus is walking by with this crowd and he stops the whole parade and he goes, by name, Zacchaeus, get down out of that tree. I'm gonna have a party at your house today. Zacchaeus is like, my house? You don't understand, no one comes to my house. You don't understand, like, I'm, I'm the one everyone rejects. I'm the one that no one wants to spend time with. I'm the one that, that people don't even care about. Yet Jesus in front of everybody said, you matter to me. I know your name. I see you hiding up there in that tree. And I got plans for you. I got a future for you. I got hope for you. Who's Christmas for? Anyone who's ever lost hope. Who's Christmas for? Anyone who has ever felt insignificant, Christmas just declares Jesus going, no, I'm coming after you. I love you. I see you. Who's Christmas for? Anyone who's been pushed out, pushed away. Here's what I mean by this. There's one other group that got the announcement of Christmas. Do you know know who it was? It was the the shepherds. And and this is what it says in in Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, last group, it says this. And in the same region, there was shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over the flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And it goes on to say, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. It goes on to say this, for unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. The last announcement of Christmas was to shepherds. Shepherds in that day, they'd gone from a family business like it was in the time of King David to a business that was outsourced to people who, well, they just didn't matter a whole lot within society. They're kind of looked down on. They were stuck in what was considered a no, like a, like a no-name job, a dead-end job. It was, it was they living in security. And they were, because of their profession, considered, listen, unclean. Do you know what that means? That means they weren't allowed to go to church. They weren't allowed to go to the temple because they were unclean. They were not fit for temple worship. And see, church, I... I need you to understand there's a lot of people who feel like that. You feel like, you know, this whole church thing, it's, it's not like for people like me. I've been kind of pushed out. I, and I, that's what the shepherds were told. It's not for you. Because of your job. Because of what you do. And some of you feel that way, maybe not because of your job. Maybe you feel that way because of your past. And there's things you've done that you regret. There's things that you've done that now you are trying to get away from but you can't because you feel a little stuck and you feel like because of your past and how it is kind of messed with you today that you know maybe churches isn't really a, a place for me it's not enough for people like me 
Maybe you feel like you've been pushed out because of your struggles. And there's things you struggle with, and you know, oh, that's not a, like, if the church found out, if people knew what I struggle with, they wouldn't want me around. They, 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 they wouldn't want me here. And you feel pushed out. Maybe, maybe it's for you, it's not your past, or it's not your struggles. It's, I mean, you got some current views, and you know that those views clash with the views of the church and what they, what they say and what they are teaching and, and where they're at. And, you know, I just don't, I don't fit. I don't fit in this whole church thing. And so there's some of you who come here today. You've been labeled like the shepherds. You've been labeled by family. You've been labeled by society. You know, when Tatum and I moved here 10 years ago to plant Citizens Church, can you believe 10 years? 10 years, God's been so good to us. But when we came here to plant, I get choked up thinking about it. Um, we're inviting everybody. I mean, you're desperate when you're planting a church, like, like just everybody. And I remember just every person I would meet, I, I, hey, uh, you know, it, it would work in a conversation because I'd like, oh, we just moved to town. Inevitably, they'd say, what'd you move here for? I'd say, oh, he moved here to plant a church. You know, and they could see people's countenance change, whether they thought that was a good thing or a bad thing, depending on how they would look back at you. And a lot of people would be like, oh, so all we need is another church around here. I don't know, that kind of thing. I hear that all the time. And I remember just inviting everybody. I remember this one, this one young girl, probably in her mid-20s. She's working at Target. And I'm not going to tell you her own name. I just call her Rebecca. And I was like, talking to Rebecca, and she asked, what would you move for when we plant a church? And she said, oh, you can tell. Thanks. It doesn't like that. And I said, Rebecca, you should come. You should come. You should come. Just, just, just come check it out. You know what Rebecca said to me? Church isn't for people like me. It broke my heart. I said, Rebecca, like, what do you, what do you mean it's not for people? Like, how, how, how did you come to that conclusion? She said, oh, I, I've been told because of some of the decisions I've made, some of the choices, some of the views I have, and just kind of some of the things I'm, I'm, I'm doing with my life right now and where I'm at, that church isn't for people like me. You see, I've, I've made some choices and I've, I've done some things and it's not for where I currently find myself today. Well, dear Rebecca, Jesus came for people exactly like you. Dear Rebecca, Christmas is all about you. It's all about those who feel like the shepherds just pushed away. Put like, like, ignored like just it's not for me you see I, I don't know how to do all this I I don't know all the custom and what am I supposed to say and like do they want my money is that all the church does they just want my money like I know how no, it's not true what church wants is what Jesus wants what Jesus wants is you he just wants you he wants a relationship with you he wants to walk with you he wants to meet you wherever you find yourself. I say it every morning at Citizens Church. Listen, God loves you right where you are. He's not in love with just a future version of you. He's not in love with you once you start doing this and stop doing that, once you get your act together. God's not just going to love you once you... No, listen, God just says, I love you 
right now, right where you are, no matter what you're walking through, no matter what you're struggling with, no matter what you've been through, no matter what you think, no matter, no matter what, dear Rebecca, Jesus came with you in mind because he loves you. And you know, I'm proud of our church. I'm so proud that over the last 10 years, we've seen hundreds and thousands of dear Rebecca's discover that not only is church for them, but Jesus is for them. God is for them. And he meets you right where you are. And he walks you into more. So who's Christmas for? Been paying attention. Did you catch it? Everybody. Luke chapter 2 is what it says. The angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy. What was it all meant to be about? Great joy. Listen, if you feel like showing up to Jesus things does not give you great joy, you're showing up to the wrong Jesus things. Because Jesus said, when you get around me, it's great joy. And who's that great joy for? All the people. All the people. All, all, all the people? Oh, Jesus. Oh, you didn't mean, you didn't mean those people. Oh, yeah, I meant those people. Oh, you couldn't possibly have meant those people. No, all the people. All the people. And I love what the shepherds did at the angel's announcement, the birth of Christ. You know what they did? Luke 2.15, last verse. When the angel left them and they'd gone into heaven, the shepherds looked at one another and said, watch, let us go to Bethlehem and see. Let's go see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. They just said, let's go see. I mean, if that's true, if that's, if that, if that's real, like, let's just go see. And I, I think that's always been the best response to Christmas. It will forever be the best. Just come and see. Like, come check it out. Come and see what it's like to walk with God. Come and see what it's like to have your sins forgiven. Come and see what it's like to have your life restored. Come see what it's like to walk with a God who says, I'm constantly working on your behalf to give you a brighter future. Come and see what it's like to be a part of a community where we walk together. Come and see, just come and see what you've been created for. Come and see what Jesus was born for. Come and see what Jesus gave his life for. Come and see what he rose again for. And that's to lead you into life and life more abundantly. So, if it's been a while, or you've never have, I want to invite you, come and see. Would you pray with me? Jesus, we thank you for Christmas. We thank you that you declare to us that you love us. And although we've wandered away, we've done our own thing, God, we sometimes don't have it all figured out. God, you've got it figured out. And God, you pursue us. Jesus, I believe that right now you are pursuing many in this room. They're not here on accident. 
God, give them the faith today just to say yes, just to come and see for themselves. Listen, if that's you in the room today, and I'm telling you, friend, I, I'm, not, I'm not asking you to join this church. Uh, I'm not asking you to sign up for some program. I'm not asking you. What I'm asking you to do is to step into a relationship with Jesus. It's the very reason he came. Matter of fact, it's the very thing that you are longing for in the core of your being. It's what you crave. It's to walk with him. The way that you do that, friends, to get from where you are and into walking with Jesus, it's, it's just surrender. It's just making him Lord. It's just going, God, I'm done wandering around. I'm done trying to figure it out on my own. God, I'm going to choose today to, to turn to you. And there are some of you right now who need to turn to Jesus. Now, listen, I'm not going to ask you to come forward. I'm not going to ask you to do anything like that. What I'm going to ask you to do is just to have a conversation with Jesus. Like he asks us to in scripture, you just confess him as Lord. I'm asking you to have a conversation with God today who's in this room right now, who brought you here for this very reason. And if you'd let me come, I'll give you the words. And you watch what God does in your life as you choose today, maybe for the first time, maybe coming back, just to come and see. And then guess what? We'll walk with you all into this next year and in everything God's got for you. Starting this Christmas, everything's gonna be different. It's time for a new chapter in your life. Can I pray with you? Here's what you say to God. Tell him this. If that's you, you say, God, I thank you that you love me right where I am. But I know you've got more for me. And so today, on this Christmas, I choose to surrender my life to you. I'm done running. I thank you, Jesus, for coming after me, for going to the cross and giving your life in my place taking upon yourself what I deserve for my sins so that I could be forgiven. Would you forgive me? Would you wash me? And I thank you, Jesus, for rising again from the grave to lead me into life. Would you fill me with your spirit and help me to walk with you all the days of my life? Come on, tell him, say, be my Lord and be my savior. In Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's children celebrated together and said a good hearty. Come on, church. Amen, amen. Come on, let's celebrate with everyone who made the decision. Amen. Listen, I want you to understand if you prayed that prayer with me today. The Bible says that in him, you are now in him, old things have passed away and all things have become new. You're new in Christ Jesus. I'm telling you, friends, you got to... It's not just a brand new start, it's a brand new you. And I want you to understand, you got a church here that loves you and wants to continue walking with you into all that we believe God's got for you. You know, Pastor Trey mentioned it when you first came in today, there was that connection card. It's very important that everyone gets that filled out. At the end of every year, we collect all of the prayer requests and just, we wanna be praying for you as you go into the new year. But if you just made that decision, I wanna ask that you would add something to that card. On there, there's a spot that says, I committed my life to Christ today. And in a moment here, the, the 
our hospitality team and host team is going to come to the front. You guys can go ahead and come on forward. And we're going to pass the containers through. If you could do me a big favor and let us know that you made that decision, mark it on the card, put it in the containers as they go by, and we're going to make sure we get you some resource on walking with Jesus. If you came prepared to give, like that is a great opportunity as the, as the containers go by. We're, we're in a legacy season right now where we are closing out our year with with just getting some expedited faith and momentum going into the next year. And if you want to be a part of that, it's a good opportunity to do that as well. But church, one more time, could we celebrate with everybody that made that decision? Come on. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Let's stand to our feet. I'm going to pray. I love you, church. It's been a good year. And it's going to be a better year next year. I cannot wait. Amen. Let's pray, and then we're going to sing together one last song. God, we love you. We thank you for this moment. We thank you for moments like these. God, we thank you for all those in this room and online that said yes to you today. God, that's why you came. There's a party going on in heaven right now. Jesus, we celebrate right along with everyone. And Jesus, we thank you for this holy day, these holy moments where, God, you declare that you are forever in pursuit of us. We recognize that because of that, this moment right now is not just an ordinary moment. This moment is a moment where God, you, by your spirit, are pursuing us with all your heart. And so Jesus, we surrender to you. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us for today's message from Citizens Church. It's our prayer that through this message, God would impact and inspire your life. If you have any questions for us or would like to let us know how God is using these messages in your life, please let us know by sending an email to connect at citizenschurch.org. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online and help in seeing more lives changed through the work here at Citizens Church. Thank you so much for joining us. 